Damage? A total, sir. That's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. Doesn't matter where it hits. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. My God. gentlemen welcome back you are on the mark it is 9 45 thursday night we got a hell of a show lined up for you tonight episode 1.5 we're not ready for two just yet a lot of kinks to work out but we got our esteemed producer harvard grad ben spielberg working his magic and we're gonna get to where we need to be eventually we got Peyton Manning here at Skyfall Studios. We're going to pick his brain on where he's going with retirement. So pick in the legendary Peyton Manning's brain on that for a good 10 to 15 minutes will be stellar because he's an important guy. He's got to get out of town real quick once this interview is over with. Tony Nicky Jr. back in the studio tonight. Unfortunately, just to let our listeners know, uh, tragedy struck the Nicky family just hours after he uh, appeared on our debut episode. Unfortunately, Tony's house in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, burned to the ground and is nothing but charred wood at this point and stone and brick. Uh, a massive four-alarm fire. Tony's homeless now, living here at Skyfall Studios. But... We're a family here at On the Mark, and we're gonna we're gonna bring Tony in under our wing, and you know we're gonna we're gonna make sure he gets back on his feet. So we have Tony on the show tonight to break down free agency and whatnot, and he's gonna tell us uh, you know exactly what the hell happened with his living situation with with that massive massive fire. In other news, we're gonna introduce a new segment to the show called "You Look Horrible." We're gonna break down who out there is looking horrible. And uh, that should be fun. That should be a lot of fun. In fact, we're going to have a lot of fun all night. We got Tony Nicky over by the bar making uh, martinis. In fact, Tony, make me a uh, Belvedere martini. Shake and not stir it, please. A martini. Shake and not stir. Been craving one all week. It's been a long week. A lot of big-time workouts at the gym. A lot of dieting. A lot of running. You know, once you get close to the weekend, you begin craving a, a little drink to ease things over. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you what, you know what else makes me drink? These political debates. I mean, what are they? Every five, six, seven to every week? I mean, it's, it's overdone at this point. How many debates can you have? I mean, they say the same thing every time around. It drives you nuts because you don't trust them to begin with. They're not offering you any new information. They're not saying anything specific. You know, frankly, for me, a bunch of bullshit. So I got this debate on as we're waiting for uh, that OKC Warriors rematch at 1030. About a half hour out, which should be a hell of a game. Playoff preview, Western Conference Finals preview. You know, if that rivalry can heat up a little bit, if that could turn into more of a rivalry... That'd be pretty good for the NBA. I'm sure Tony Nicky will be more than glad to give us his opinion and possible prediction on this uh, OKC Warriors game. And then what's so nice about that is 
for the listeners. They can see how on point or off point uh, Tony was. And uh, hey, Benny, why don't you take us to a quick break? Tony's walking over with the martinis. As soon as we get settled in over here, take a couple sips. He's going to let us know what's going on in the wide world of sports. Strong tone. You got a heavy hand over there, pal. Yeah, I've been known to uh, pour a little extra in those. All those Vegas nights, huh? Yeah, I guess that's what does it. I yeah. got I got a slight immunity, Mark. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, you're well conditioned. That's one way to put it. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, it's been a tough week, Mark. I friggin' earned it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. Tone. Why don't you let our listeners know? I I briefly uh, explained what happened, but uh, man, I'm so sorry about your home burning to the ground. Uh, why don't you let our listeners know how it happened, uh, how you found out, you know, your girlfriend had a lot of things in there, too. She lost a lot. We didn't have one damn thing in short, Marky, I'll tell oh, you what. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, well, police are investigating on how this thing started. I, I don't want to get into I I don't know all the details. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are they suspecting arson? I hope not, but if that is the case, Mark... We'll go to all measures to get this person behind bars. That's for damn sure. Good God. And hey, I know how tough your uh, lawyers are because, folks, we're currently negotiating a contract to bring Tony Nicky Jr. on the show permanently. Um, One-year deal, guaranteed money. But his lawyers and our producers and whatnot here at On The Mark are negotiating, and and it's a process, and... uh, it could take weeks, months even, for, for an agreement. So, you know, we'll see where this goes. But our fingers are crossed because we love working together. And uh, Tony brings a lot of knowledge and experiences to the program. My fingers are crossed too, Marky. I'd love to be able to figure this thing out. Maybe get some winners up to the Northeast. Yeah. Some winning picks up sure, here. Sure, sure. You know, it's funny, Tony. Uh, I really want to just give a quick preview of NFL free agency. But the fact of the matter is, man... Your fiance left you. Your house burned to the ground. You went broke. Frankly, you're the free agent, aren't you? I kind of am a free agent. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people don't know, but we did bookie bashing right out of my man cave in that uh, gorgeous. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was it was lavish. It was a nice place. It was lavish. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? Joey Stack is out on his own. So yeah. hopefully uh, hopefully my lawyers get something done here because this place is gorgeous, Mark. Yeah. I've been staying here at Skyfall Studio. Yeah. Staying on that Italian leather couch that we talked about yeah, yeah, on Oscar yeah. night. And uh, we're happy to have you. We're like a family here. Uh, you're going through some hard times, and On The Mark is going to uh, get you back on your feet. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Your uh, your agent, whom I had lunch with earlier today, he's a smart guy, sharp guy. Stickler, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Likes to work the intricacies of a contract. Absolutely. We had a delicious lunch over at Capitol Grill. We spent a good two, two and a half hours drinking, 
Yeah, nice filet. Little lobster tail on the side. Bullshitting it up. Talking about what you could bring to the show. What you're looking for. It was uh, it w- it was eye opening, you know, enlightening to say the least. From what he told me, he represents some pretty big name people. All right, who who? Just to name a couple guys, or Ruben Stutter, who had a phenomenal career in the uh, within the Catholic Church. Wow, gospel legend, Ruben Stutter. Yeah, man, hell of a career that guy had post uh, post post American Idol. He had a hell of a career. Um, and then, of course, Guy Fieri, celebrity chef, phenomenal. The guy cre- creates some great dishes. Mark, innovator, innovator. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my guy's got a bunch that of guy good guys. That guy likes to eat. He does like to eat. Uh, negotiated some big contracts, though. So, But I expect us to get something done here, Mark. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah. Excited for this game tonight, too, the rematch. I am. Yeah, this is the rematch that everybody's been waiting for at 1030. We got uh, that OKC Warriors rematch. You know, that's why the NBA is nice. In a boring month like March, February, you get a cool game at 10.30 on a Thursday night. That's why we have the NBA, frankly. Absolutely. Something to watch. I'm excited. I think we get a really good one here. Oklahoma City disappointed after that loss last night to the Clippers. They blew a huge fourth quarter lead. I think Durant and Westbrook come in on a mission. Yeah, Tone, that should be a good one. We'll uh, we'll touch back on that game once it gets rolling there. But uh, you know what else is... Uh, was probably a good one. That Tom Coughlin Eagles interview for a head coaching position. 69-year-old Tom Coughlin, folks, just doesn't want to hang it up. Uh, the guy's, the guy's uh, he's nuts. We, we've seen his, his sideline antics going wild, which isn't you know exactly unusual for a football coach, but the man goes wild. His face turns peat red. Um, he's, uh, he's quite the character on the sideline. So our good friend uh, Matt Lombardo over there at 97.5 The Fanatic reported today that Tom Coughlin bombed his Eagles interview, acted like a 20-year-old jealous ex-girlfriend. And man, I just would have loved to have been a fly on the wall and, heard that, be great? and heard that interview. Oh, it would have been phenomenal. What man. the hell was he saying? A guy with all that experience in interviews, in football-related interviews... A guy with that much wisdom and that much success, what the hell could he have possibly been saying in there? It sounds like he's losing his mind. He might have to get tested for CTE. <laughs> Absolutely agreed. They're testing all the players. You might have to start testing coaches with this yeah, guy. seriously. I mean, first of all, you worry about his health in those cold games. He gets so red, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You think something's happening to him. Yeah. But, I mean, here's a guy that I wonder if anybody in New York... Let him know that he got fired. The guy's still at the stadium every day. Yeah, he was at the Combine earlier with the the new Giants head coach, Ben McAdoo. He's lost, Mark. Tom Coughlin's senile. He's lost his job. He's lost his mind. Folks, I I just found that to be a, a hilarious headline today out of the NFL. Also found to be very fascinating... Federal judges seem likely to restore Tom Brady's four-game suspension in the Deflategate case. Man, if Roger Goodell isn't the most egotistical maniac around, I don't know who is. The guy's in, he's just as insane as Tom Coughlin. The extent that he went to. Yeah, the extent, the, the, the long arm of the law. Man, it, it, it's pretty sad. But, you know, the, the funny thing is this. I think Tom Brady could care less about this four-game suspension. 
The guy has a supermodel wife. He's got a ton of money, more money than anybody would know what to do with it. He's got the rings. He's won the big games. I don't think he cares about the four games. I don't know if he cares about the four games, but this is a pride thing at this point, yeah. isn't it, Mark? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the way too. Goodell's trying to impose this ban on him, I mean, I haven't heard a damn thing about the Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton Manning gets banged on a possible steroid allegation, gets banged on the incident at Tennessee. You don't hear a word about it. The Ray Rice situation that came up, he was sweeping that under the rug for how long? It is unbelievable the extent he goes to with these New England Patriots and Belichick and Brady. I mean, Goodell, it's almost like that's all he cares about is getting back at these New England Patriots. It's unbelievable. Yeah, because the guy's best friends with the Patriots owner. So it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like a puzzle that just doesn't quite fit. It, it's weird. This is never ending. It's never ending. Over an- these footballs. It's, it's out of control. It's annoying. There's enough annoying news out of the NFL, enough bogus news. We don't need to have one that lingers on for going on like a year and a half now. Right. We're going on damn near 18 months now yeah, with this whole yeah. thing. I thought after Brady beat it, it was finally over. To think now that we're going to get another four-game suspension put down and now have Brady, you know he's going to appeal it. This is going to get out of control all over again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can he appeal a federal judge's uh, judgment? All I see is appeal <laughs> after appeal. Ruling, I, I feel like there's always another level to go to. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's incredibly bogus. I mean, he's older now as well, back end of the career. Uh, he's been the face of the NFL for quite some time. Just, you know, let things ride. You know, you didn't get them the first time. It's over with. It's over with. Goodell does not want to look bad. He cares more about his self-image than I think most of these players in the NFL care about it. Agreed. And with that being said, I want to throw this random opinion out there at you guys. I find Tom Brady quite possibly to be the greatest American Good-looking guy, well-dressed, supermodel wife. You sound like you wish he was the one running for the Republican candidacy. Trump today thanked Tom Brady and said he was one of the major reasons he won Massachusetts. Yeah, listen, That's Tom a Brady's real headline. A, That's a real thing. Tom Brady's an amazing American. I mean, I'll go as far to say this. When, I, when we ordered that Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, the fight of the century, the big money fight, Tom Brady was sitting about eight rows back in the very middle of the ring. And that fight was so boring that I found myself watching Brady most of the time, more than I was watching the punches. That fight was a travesty. Uh, so friggin' boring. Uh, if you know Mayweather, you expected that. And I'm a Mayweather guy. Tactician. Made a lot of money off Made of the guy. Made a ton of money. Very, very entertaining before and after a fight. Uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, when, when you're not talking heavyweights, you're talking about like Olympic-style boxing. Going for points. This, that, and the other. It's not entertaining. It's not worth the money. You're not going to get the big knockout, the big in-ring drama that many heavyweights in the past have brought. So just, you know, I've found Mayweather 
to be incredibly bogus ever since that fight. And I'm a Mayweather guy. I'm a money team guy. But the bottom line is, in a back to Tom, I don't know if you can name a better American than Tom Brady. Off the top of my head, I'm not going to sit here and say I can think of one. I'm sure I mean, there are some better Derek Americans. Derek Jeter is up there. Oh, we're talking sports names now. We're not even... No, no, I'm talking I know you're talking everything, but, you know, I'm a sports guy. I think there are people that would think you saying a sports guy is your number one American. They'd think we were friggin' nuts, Marky. Not that I disagree with it. You know, we've had politicians that started off as sports figures. When you have anything that offers you millions of dollars, it gives you a platform to offer your opinions, to, to market yourself. I don't think anybody has done a better job than Tom Brady. No. Tom Brady's sitting very well off for himself. And I'll say this, too. All this money that they say he's taking these pay cuts and all, this guy's going to end up with a minority stake in the Patriots yeah. if he doesn't have it already. Yeah. I believe that was offered to John Elway at the end of his career in Denver, and he declined. He screwed it up. And he screwed himself for that one. Now, he's still getting paid. He's still an employee of the Denver Broncos in a very prestigious position as general manager. Uh, I think but, he threw his money down the drain on some other stupid business ventures yeah, instead but, of that. But, what would a car dealership, if I'm not mistaken? If you, uh, if you, you know, talk to anybody who knows finance and business, they will tell you that was an epic fail on John Elway's part. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I just unbelievable. Another name in the great American conversation is like a Kobe Bryant. Sure. Um, but Kobe has a European background in Italy. And unfortunately, you know, the whole rape allegations that he had to fight through and the marriage problems that he had to fight through earlier in his career take away from the great American status. Absolutely. But he's sure coming back in a big way this year, isn't he, Marky, yeah, with how he's going out here? True professional, going out the right way, well-respected man. Saying uh, the right things. Saying the right signing things. Signing shoes for the kids. Doing the right things. He's a true professional, true professional, and uh, he's to be commended for that for sure. Final headline today that I, I found absolutely hilarious. Philadelphia's own, Roman Catholic's own, Marvin Harrison, who's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this August, said about Terrell Owens, so he can get his ass in whenever he gets in, if he gets in. If he doesn't get in, too bad. The hell with him. Why? That would be what I would have to say. Why even get involved, Harrison? You just got your gold jacket. You know, I'll say this. Marvin Harrison, who's a guy that I think the public looks at as, as a really well-respected, intelligent guy, I think he gets some of that because he played with Peyton Manning so long. But here's a guy that I wouldn't want to mess with him, has some serious allegations against him, possibly ran a drug ring, things of that extent. For him to come at Terrell Owens, I was surprised by that. I think T.O., in a lot of ways, has better numbers than Harrison in almost every statistical category. Yeah, Tony, I mean, you know, you, you make a good point, an, an obvious point. For me, it comes down to on the field, being a member of a, an organization, and, you know, allegations are just that. They're allegations. Um, Marvin Harrison, just a consummate professional, great teammate. Uh, great production on the field. Frankly, a great role model to see playing the game. I'm glad to see a player like Terrell Owens, who wasn't a cancer. He was toxic. He was worse than a cancer. I mean, you know, 
there's a reason he played on five, six different teams. 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Bengals, Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, you know, a guy with that much talent, immense talent, transcendent talent, generational player, beyond toxic from pretty much day one, uh, tour teams apart, made headlines of himself regularly, marketed himself all wrong. Now I think he's paying the price for that a little bit, and rightfully so. Do Hall of Famers play for six different teams? Well, that's a good question, Mark. I mean, how many Hall of Famers have played for more than, I don't know, because in this day and age, of let's just put out three teams. How many have played for three or more teams? I'll, I'll give you that, but I'll also say this. How many guys really get in in their first first chance? I want to say Harrison took him three or four chances to get in. So really, T.O. could get in in his second, third year, and this ends up being a non-story. I, I don't see him getting held out for his attitude. I'll go that far. Well... I think the alarming thing was the lack of support he had in the room. I don't think he even came close. And I think that's what's throwing off all the sirens here. Yeah, He didn't even come close. When I think of T.O., to this day, all the big games, all the big numbers, I still think of him in that game in Dallas going to the star. Yeah. And, and after the touchdown. See, you know, see, and I, if that's how if that's what I'm thinking of when I think of a career, is that Hall of Fame worthy? Right, that's scumbag caliber. That's, absolutely. I think of him, believe it or not, I mean, that's my second one. I think of him catching the playoff pass from Steve Young in Uh between the defenders. Then immediately coming up, taking his helmet off, crying. To me, that kind of screams like psychopath. He had about five drops in that game. He had a bad game. Uh, the guy's out out of his mind. And that doesn't mean you're not a Hall of Famer. I'm just, you know, I feel like I'm kind of staying the obvious, but... Guy's an absolute head case. There's no surprise he played on six different teams. Absolutely. You know, that Eagles team was going to go to the Super Bowl without him. He missed nine games that year. For sure. And missed every single playoff game until the Super Bowl, which they lost. Yes. So, you know, the hype behind T.O. is, you know, I don't know how real. Never was on a Super Bowl team. Really. Besides yeah. that Eagles team. And, An absolute you know, toxic barely, relationship yeah. with, with, with his teammates. I could not agree more. Totally, totally. But hey, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with T.O. Uh, with his Hall of Fame fate. But when we get back, we're going to delve into this 2016 NFL free agency class and uh, see, uh, you know, lay out a few predictions on who may end up where. We'll be back on the mark with Tony, Nikki, Jr. And we are back on the mark. 10.45, the Golden State Thunder game just tipped off. And uh, we're underway out there. Tony, NFL free agency. We know you have a lot of sources within the league, within front offices of most of these teams. What are you hearing? 
been a fun start, hasn't it, Mark? A lot of big names um, getting released, getting cut. A lot of franchise-changing players, really. You lose a uh, Charles Johnson just went out of Carolina. The third big franchise player, really, in the last three years they've released with Steve Smith, D'Angelo Williams, Colston going out of New Orleans. In Atlanta, leading receiver Roddy White going. Just a lot of big names, really. Donald Butler from the Chargers today in the second year of a $52 million deal. Gone. Isn't it nuts how those contracts almost mean nothing in the NFL? The one sport where you can really sneak out of it. Mario Williams, that huge $100 million deal. He just lost his last two years of it. Good GMs in the NFL structure a contract as pay as you go. Yep. And it makes sense. Yeah. It's it's really an owner's league in the NFL more than the players it get is. rewarded. The the economics of the NFL are light years behind Major League Baseball. Oh, absolutely. It, it's it's a joke. You it's, hear these hundred, hundred twenty million dollar deals, and these guys end up finishing the deals making forty eight million. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, it is crazy how those deals work. But a very exciting year. Obviously, quarterbacks are the huge names. They always are. You know, how do you win without finding that franchise quarterback? Yeah. It seems there's always, you know, you have a couple of years, you have the, the Ravens with Trent Dilfer, but for the most part, without that elite quarterback, it is tough to really make a run. I got to say this quietly, but the Broncos with Peyton Manning this year? He was terrible. And here's a guy I don't think is ready to hang it up. A lot of people who are who are chalking him up as retired, I don't think so, folks. I think this is a guy that really wants to continue playing. I think that, I don't know if it happens in Denver. I think personally Denver wants to lock up Osweiler, and I don't know if Peyton Manning is at a point where he wants to fight for playing time. Yeah. I think that St. Louis could be an interesting opportunity. I really do. Of course, now heading to Los Angeles, which I think makes that even more intriguing. Jeff Fisher's sitting there. Right now, he's got Case Keenum or Nick Foles. He's looking for an upgrade. Is Peyton Manning that upgrade? I mean, you know, Manning missed five, six games, and he still led the league in interceptions. I mean, yeah. that's a red flag if I ever saw one. But, sure. you know, in Houston, Bill O'Brien. I mean, that Houston team's loaded on defense just like Denver was. I think that's a place that could come calling for Peyton. It's very interesting. Eagles just locked up Sam Bradford. Washington just franchised Kirk Cousins. You need that quarterback. You really do to make a significant run. I think it's interesting to see yeah, see if he does come back. And that's my measuring stick for good coaches in the NFL. Can you make the playoffs? Can you have a winning record with a mediocre quarterback? Very few coaches can. Bill O'Brien did this year with Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett and got that team you know, into the playoffs. Horrible division, but got them in there. Uh, I thought Chip Kelly going 10-6 and six with... Mark the Clown Sanchez and Nick Foles, who has proved to be totally inept in St. Louis, uh, who's basically out of a job, and Chip Kelly won 10 games and had those guys put up nice numbers. Definitely says a lot. It says a lot. I mean, I I, I love Bill O'Brien. I've been a huge Bill O'Brien supporter ever since he stayed at Penn State with that gig. Bill O'Brien is a phenomenal coach. I think a lot of the public got to see that on Hard Knocks last year. Just a really great mind great with quarterbacks. I think he could bring Peyton Manning to another playoff run or two if Peyton really wanted to yeah. come back. But I got to say, Marky, I don't think he wants to retire at all. I have a hard time believing that he does hang it up, Peyton yeah. Manning. And with that being said, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't agree with it. I think go out on top, do the storybook Disney thing, and get the hell out. You, He was embarrassing against the Patriots. He was embarrassing in the Super Bowl. I almost felt bad for him at times. Right into the sunset, Peyton. Right oh into the sunset. I God. mean, the guy, you came back from the big neck injury. You the got the second chance. is a roll of dimes. 
his neck could go at any moment if he gets hit in the wrong place. I'm telling you, his neck is no stronger than a roll of dimes. And isn't it unbelievable? I wait for the guy to get crushed. It seems like he avoids that big hit. He is so slow. He was sliding in the pocket, giving himself up, and then jumping up and throwing a pass. Wasn't that unbelievable? It was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. I've never been as embarrassed for a legendary, millionaire, famous, world-famous athlete before in my Absolute life. shell of himself, and I hope it doesn't turn into the Brett Favre saga. And at least Brett Favre was still put up some decent numbers at well, the end with Minnesota. Brett Favre looked like he had like a fully functioning body and like could move and throw. And but isn't it funny? Like uh, you know, at the end of Brett Favre's career, he had the whole cell phone incident, sending naked pictures of himself to uh, who the hell was he sending it to? Uh, ben. It was an assistant. His assistant, a sixteen-year-old uh, intern, one of the Jets' assistants, not a sixteen-year-old intern. Kidding. But a, uh, yeah, a, a young female assistant, and she leaked it. And then at the end of Peyton Manning's career, they come out with back in 1998 at uh, University of Tennessee that he was uh, teabagging the uh, female trainer. Teabagging girls. <laughs> they have lost control at Tennessee. And Tennessee was covering it up, huh? It's absolutely out of control. And that just, to me, was one of those, like, um, well, number one is an insane story. But a story that's been out there for a while now, and they just used it to like plug in a soft spot in NFL news for the time of the year, post-Super Bowl. It was like a forced story. Isn't it, isn't it unbelievable, though, how Goodell hasn't said shit about that? He's yeah. still pounding away at Brady at this four-game yeah. bad. It's unbelievable. Totally. And also, Peyton had the HGH allegations. Yes. So he's had some negative media around. And you know, not just HGH allegations. Let's just say this, Mark. He had HGH allegations following him having that major neck surgery. Guy comes back, throws 40 touchdown passes, has an unbelievable season. And now this year, 17 interceptions most in the league. I mean, is that not question marks on whether or not he took steroids? Right, 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 right. It's unbelievable. And uh, let me tell you this. After they win the Super Bowl... And he gives those plugs to Budweiser. I'm going to drink a lot of Budweiser tonight, Tracy. I promise you that. I've never heard anything so pathetic. The words out of his mouth matched the play on the field. Pathetic. Horrible. He, uh, he wins the Super Bowl. He's storming the field. And the first thing out of his mouth is, Oh, I'm going to go home and drink a cold Budweiser. A lot of Budweiser. What? You're not going to celebrate with your teammates family out in San Francisco you're gonna hop on a jet go home and drink Budweiser it doesn't even make sense and then he had the audacity to say it again when he got on the stage it's embarrassing oh my god not to mention Von Miller and your defense wins you that Super Bowl you didn't do a damn thing to get that Super Bowl win and he pandered it to CJ Anderson and they said Von Miller's looking to become the uh, highest paid defensive player of all time possibly looking at a deal guaranteed 70 mil what do you think? I think following that MVP, Von Miller is a freak of nature. I don't think many people realize that. Here's a guy 26 years old. He had the same 40 time as Derrick Henry, the running back from Alabama. This guy's flying. He's running a 4-5-40. Guy's strong as an ox. I mean, Von Miller absolutely deserves it, and he's a ball hawk out there. There are things you can't teach in football. People don't realize that. Just because you're big, strong, fast— there are things that cannot be taught in football. Either you have that switch that goes off, 
and you can find the ball and you can make all the all the plays, or you don't. No matter how much you lift and things like that. No, well, what sets him apart is his hips, the way he can bend and turn a corner. That's what sets him apart and makes him such a dominant passer. Such an athlete. Such an athlete. So, yes, I do think he deserves to be the highest played defensive player. Of all time. Of all time. Wow. Him or J.J. Watt, 1A, 1B, yeah. in my opinion. Both absolute freaks out there. Yeah. And yet, I find J.J. Watt so overrated. He does a lot. He really puts himself out there to a point that it gets annoying. Yeah, I'll say I think that. that's part of it, too. I'll say that. Okay, now, Ben... What I want you to do is I want you to throw out some free agent names because I know you have a long list. Throw out a couple intriguing names for Tony to, uh, you know, let us know what he's hearing from his sources, where they can very well end up, maybe even what kind of money they're looking at. And if I got any info, maybe I'll chime in. Yeah, well, to start off, we're just going to stick with the world champion Broncos. They have two huge free agents on that defense, Malik Jackson from that defensive line, and maybe my favorite player in this whole free agent class, Danny Trevathan, the linebacker. Where do you guys see him going? Tony, go ahead. Two huge losses for Denver. I'll say that to start because I don't see Denver having the payroll space to get either of them. I think Trevathan is a big name on the Atlanta Falcons radar from what mm-hmm. I'm hearing. Here's a guy with a lot of speed. Atlanta struggled on the defensive side of the ball for a year. He's a guy that could stop the run in Trevathan. I think he'd be huge. I think he'd be a leader on that Atlanta Falcons defense. On the other side of the ball, Malik Jackson. I love the idea of him going to Carolina. I think that's a very exciting thought to pair him with that defense, especially with Charles Johnson now out the door on the defensive line. I don't know if that happens. There's Panthers have some cap room problems. They just gave Norman the franchise tag. I only see them with about 10 to $12 million of cap space this year. I don't think that gets it done. I got to say, possibly Raider Nation. Possibly mm. Raider Nation. I think he's a guy that can fit on that defense. That's an up-and-coming team, Marky. I love these Raiders. I love Carr and all. I love Mac. I think it's a defense that has great potential. And and I definitely see either possibly Jackson or possibly Long's kid going out there. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, if Al Davis was still alive, uh, Chris Long would already have been signed by the Raiders. But obviously, you know, it's not feasible. So what we're going to uh, be looking at as far as Raiders free agency is they're going to add to their defense, whether it's the secondary, whether it's the defensive line, the linebacking court, all three. Most people are pointing at the secondary. Uh, Jeremy Lane from Seattle has a connection with the Raiders. Uh, Raiders defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. came over from Seattle last year. Jeremy Lane won't command a big contract like Byron Maxwell did last year because now people realize the DBs there are having success because of Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, and Richard Sherman, and that pass rush and scheme. Um, so Jeremy Lane might be a, uh, a reasonably uh, priced free agent that you see added to Oakland's defense. I've heard Danny Trevathan's name and Malik Jackson's name because of the Jack Del Rio connection. Now, what you have to be careful about during the free agency period is the fact that ESPN, CBS, NFL Network, whoever, any uh, sports writer, all the big free agents are going to be linked to teams like the Raiders and the Jaguars with a ton of cap space. It's the easy way out, almost a cheap way of reporting, if you will. Um, The Raiders have been very smart in their free agent spending, um, not giving out any overpriced deals. I see that trend continuing. What about the Philadelphia Eagles? 
Eagles are a team with some cap space for sure. I think they have to lock up Fletcher Cox. I think that's priority number one. They've already given money to a lot of their guys um, in this offseason. I think they're kind of in a rebuilding stage with Doug Peterson. I don't know if they go and make that huge defensive move, especially with the misses they've had on defense, man. I'll tell you what, you know, Namdi was so bad. Now you're sitting there with that Byron Maxwell contract, and that, that, that looks absolutely horrible. I would love to see the Eagles go out and play for a guy like Sean Smith, who I am a huge fan of, Mark. I've loved him since he's Miami. I love those physical big corners. Sure, that's what's in right now. That's absolutely in. But uh, Sean Smith, very interested to see where he goes. i got to say a team like Chicago Bears with a lot of cap space. New York Giants, a lot of cap space. And, God, the Giants have gotten smoked in the secondary year after year. A lot of that because of injuries. But Sean Smith, another big name that I like to see where he lands. I don't think Kansas City can bring him back. I think that if they really wanted him, I actually expected them to use the franchise tag on him. They ended up using it on Eric Berry instead, who mm-hmm. you can't go wrong in either of those decisions. But I think Sean Smith, now a guy who could walk, I think he's a huge name on this free agent market. Yeah, Giants are being linked to uh, Mario Williams, um, to Sean Gibson, safety from the Browns. Very intrigued to see what Mario Williams gets on the open market. Yeah, Slowed I mean, down a lot last yeah. year. He, he, he's like a Julius Peppers, though. He's, he's a freak. Uh, Absolutely. Teams going to get some production out of him wherever he lands, especially if he lands in a good situation. Got to have him rushing. Struggled yeah. a lot with Rex Ryan, dropping the guy into coverage all the time. I mean, made him dispensable for these bills because yeah. he just doesn't fit the system whatsoever. Totally. Totally agree. I could also see the Giants adding a running back. There's a couple good ones out there. Yeah. Um, and uh, Rashard Jennings just hasn't been like – you know, he, he's not a bell cow guy like they tried to force feed him to be. He's not explosive. He protects the football, runs people over, falls forward. He's not a game breaker. He's not explosive. Roll guy. Roll guy. Nice guy to have in the mix, but nothing more. That's why the Raiders let him walk after just one year. Yeah. Another fun name this year. We talked about the Bills a little bit, and I, and I think he ends up staying there, but Richie Incognito really made a name for himself yeah, coming yeah. back this year. Yeah, he made a year. nice comeback, and now he's trying to get paid a little bit. I think he will get paid a little bit. Yeah. The guy's an absolute beast. Let's yeah. call it what it is. Had a great stint in Miami uh-huh. before it all ended horribly, of course, yeah. but he came back with Buffalo, and he had a phenomenal year. I do think the Bills end up opening their wallets and paying him. Yeah, he's, a, he's an imposing guard, but uh, you know, I'm not sure how old he is. He's no spring chicken. Uh, Early 30s. Yeah, I mean, I guess with a guard, that that's okay. Any other big names out there, Benny? One big name where I'm real interested in seeing where he lands, even though he's on the wrong side of 30, is Matt Forte and his 2,500 career touches. Yeah, Matt Forte's a good name. Forte's a great name. I think, uh, you know, perfect fit in New England. We'll Absolutely. see how they bring in all the washed-up running backs. And, and he's not washed up yet, and they get uh, massive production out of them. Um, he's kind of like a Kevin Falk type guy, can run routes like a receiver, can catch like a receiver. He's still a pretty explosive player. And frankly, with a suspension of Tom Brady looming, the Patriots may say, hey, we need to kind of get some playmakers in here so maybe we can go 2-2 two and two in those first four games. Yeah, I think it's almost a layup he goes to New England. It's crazy. That reminds me a lot of when Corey Dillon went there yeah. after the Cincinnati yeah. run. I just think Forte still has a lot to offer. I do. He's not going to be that expensive out there on the open market. I'll say this, another fun name to drop is where you think about Jason Pierre-Paul after his hands got blown off. Yeah, club, he's club out arm. there. Club arm. Chubbs. From Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds you of the, of the guy from Scary Movie 2 with the claw arm. Sure. 
doesn't want to grab it. You don't want to grab at that don't thing. Grab at that thing. What? Or a... have them mix the mashed potatoes. Taters are just about done. I'm just gonna give them one quick whisk here. Okay, now. Big in. We're pass out the Absolutely mashed disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. No, but all joking aside, right when that injury happened, I said, "Oh, this is the end of him. He can't grab. He's got a club on out there, Mark." Yeah. And I, I saw clips of him, I, uh, you know, from watching Giants games. I saw where it hindered him. He was awkward with it at first. Absolutely. It, it hindered him. Uh, it will be interesting to see what kind of contract he gets and who he gets it from. Jaguars, maybe? He's a Florida guy. Another guy that if Al Davis was still around, have Oakland Raiders written all over him. Well, he's an athletic freak, so yeah. He is, sure. but he's missing fingers, Mark. Yeah. and uh, He's got a club hand, Marky. And I don't know if Al Davis has ever brought anybody in with with a club hand. I don't know if they had many options. <laughs> I don't know if there was many options of guys to bring in. I think uh, next job interview I go to, I'm going to show up with a, a club dorm. <laughs> might do some, might do well for you. Yeah, maybe they'll give me like uh, added benefits. Some kind of disability <laughs> payment for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At Private. least a bigger office. Private bathroom. Maybe. Maybe they have to fill, like, a quota. Sure. Are you familiar with the, the Seinfeld episode where uh, George Costanza got hired? They thought he was uh, handicapped? Yeah, they think I'm handicapped. They gave me this incredible office, a great view. So, oh, hold up, they think you're handicapped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because of the cave. You should see the bathroom they gave me. Got a private bathroom, got uh, all the amenities he needed. Maybe I could be in store for that. Worked out well for him, didn't it? Backfired at the end a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was the moral of the story. Well, you never know. Maybe you do it a little smarter. Maybe I club both arms. Oh, now, now we're really talking. Yeah. Maybe I get an assistant because of that. You would need one. Yeah, can't type, can't write, can't pick up a phone, can't dial a phone. You know how hard it's getting just to tell people I know you? But hey, when we get back, a couple new segments to introduce to you guys on the mark. They're going to be great. They're going to be hilarious. quite a few people out there that look horrible. Some may say I look horrible. I might agree with them, I might not. Depends the day. Depends what day it is, depends the time of the day. Now as we know, Netflix released a new series, Fuller House. Brought back a lot of memories. I'm a big John Stamos guy. I remember watching Full House years ago. Was never a huge fan. Always remember kind of like being disappointed when I saw the start of the show. Like, all right, I'll ride it out, but it's not for me. Come and get the stupid life lesson at the end. Yeah, the stupid life lesson. And, and it, you know, this Fuller House now is pretty much a chick show. Unless you have a girlfriend or a sister or somebody in the house. As, as a guy, you're, you're probably not tuning in to Fuller House. I couldn't commit to it. I, it's hard to commit. There's so much shit out there to watch you know they spread you too thin 
but long story short, this week's You Look Horrible goes to the Olsen Twins. Now, I don't believe they're on the show, Tony. No, I know they got a shout-out. I don't think they're actually on the show. Though. Right. I don't think they are either. Uh, rumors are that they might be on season two from uh, some people in the Hollywood community, what they've been discussing. But, uh, I mean, these two girls went through a period where they, they were cute girls. They were nice to look at. Good-looking girls. Adorable. Some, some may say adorable. Exactly. As I look at them now... I see too much plastic surgery, uh, like an insane amount of bad plastic surgery. Terrible. Horrible. Too many late nights out in L.A., wherever else, probably did way too much coke. I got a fucking junkie for a wife. Don't eat nothing. Sleeps all day with them black shades on. Wakes up with a quaalude. Way too much coke. At too young of an age, too often, they look beat up, run down. Do they get the proper nutrients in there, Mark? Almost sickly. That's why I ask about the nutrients. They look sick. I'm genuinely concerned. In fact, I want to have my people here at On The Mark reach out to them and see if we can provide them any help or assistance just like we're currently providing for Tony Nicky Jr. in his uh, hopes of finding a home again. Yeah, give them something, Marky. My God, they look terrible. They need some protein. And it, it's just sad to see, you know, people ruin themselves. And ruin themselves at a young age. It's weird. The eyes are scary. The cheeks go in slightly. It's scary. They almost look like they could be from another planet. They almost look like aliens were perfect for the casting in the next horror movie. I don't bash people. I don't bash people, but they're millionaires and they could take it. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree with that. They look terrible. And, you know, maybe it's not too late. Maybe they can do something about it. Hopefully after they hear this. Eat a cheeseburger. My God. That would help them out. Cheeseburger, side of fries, milkshake. Perfect. Might help. Perfect. I'm making myself hungry now. You're making me hungry, too. I'm worried that would end up with their uh, fingers going down their throats if they had that And that's another thing. And that's another thing. That's probably in play for them. I think it was. I think that was reported years ago. Yeah, I think that was in play with with the drugs. Yeah. One of them went through a lot. I don't know if that was uh, Mary Kate or Ashley. Nobody could tell, I don't think. It's just sad when you're given the world at your fingertips and you blow it. <laughs> I agree. No pun intended. The pun was partially intended. Yes, partially. But hey, as we as I always like to end this segment, God bless them. Best of luck. Hopefully they can turn it around. I agree. And I got to say you got to point the finger at my man Bob Saget a little bit also. And, and Tony, I'm a huge Bob Saget guy. He's a funny, funny guy. Funny guy. Full uh, House really kind of locked him in. Yeah, but Full House isn't even his humor. That's the most funny thing. That, that's like the most interesting thing about Bob Saget. He's a very adult humor guy. He's not a moral of the story, life lesson guy. It actually entertains me the most about Full House. Is how fake Bob Saget is out Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I bet him and Stamos had some funny, good interactions. 
some fucked up nights. Let's call it what probably, it is. Probably, probably prostitution. Some things were going on there, as far as they were hiring. Well, unless you have some inside sources, which I'm knowing you, I'm sure you do. I don't have anything that good, Marky, but I'm sure that they had some benders that woke up with prostitutes with them. Now, 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 these twins, their real father. I'm pretty sure he didn't do them any uh, favors, unfortunately. I think there were some major financial issues there where he withheld money, uh, possibly using their money for himself, something along those lines. Um, uh, that was a rocky relationship as well. See, you never know people's backgrounds, right, and that's right, why we're right. not bashing anyone no, in this not, segment. No. We're trying to help them out. It, it's not bashing it when you're just talking truth. Right. So hopefully they hear this and they start to turn their lives around. Seriously. I mean, you know. Hopefully, Mary Kay and Ashley can get this thing we called life figured out. But on a more positive note, On the Mark is bringing to you first rendition of our next new segment, Mark the Date. Happy birthday, Jessica Beale. Oh, I love her. 34 years old. Mm. Justin Timberlake's baby mama, wife. Happy birthday to the beautiful Jessica Beale. Very good-looking girl. Oh, like a fine wine, Mark. Gets better with age. Gorgeous. Timberlake decides to hang up the jersey for her so you know it's it's going on. You know she's she's got it going on. I've loved her since seventh heaven, Mark. I've loved that girl. Funny story. Back in uh, 2001, I met her on the set of seventh heaven. Really? Tell on, me about that. Uh, I haven't had the privilege. Very brief encounter was uh, auditioning for a small part. What part was that? One of the neighbors. They said I was too ethnic, so I didn't get the part. But uh, man, she was a sweetheart. We did some dialogue, had some great, great interaction. Felt like there was some pretty good chemistry there. Thought I should have got the part, but I got screwed because my name's Mark, and that's what happens to me. I gotta say, you do look a little ethnic, though. Yeah, they weren't going for that. They were going for more of the the, the white Anglo-Saxon, waspy look. Makes sense. Yeah, I guess the neighborhood they lived in or or whatever. They didn't want, you know, an Italian in there. That's a shame the industry cares so much about the look, Mark. So you, you hit that thing out of the park, huh? That audition? Well, not quite. Not quite. I'd like to think I did, but, uh... Long story short, before we did the dialogue, I uh, was walking up to her. I had to walk up to her. That was the scene we were acting out. And uh, I kind of lost my footing on the uh, stage, and uh, I didn't want to fall and make a total fool of myself. So I grabbed some, you know, curtains, and these are heavy curtains. Oh, Lord. I grabbed the curtains thinking, you know, I'll catch myself. The curtains end up coming down. Next thing I know, half the wall's coming down. (laughs) Cameras are being knocked over. I think a young intern was stuck under the rubble for up to an hour. They couldn't get him out. It's not as sturdy as you would think. No. No, not far from it. It's cardboard, those, those sets. People don't realize that. Well, there's some cardboard. There's some cardboard, but I'm telling you, uh, all different types of debris was falling down, um, ceiling tile. Uh, There was just carnage all over the place. So your ethnicity had nothing to do with it? Well, maybe not in this case, huh? So then in uh, 
2010, I'm on the set of the A-Team. I see Jessica Biel on set. I go to say hi. She totally ignores me. Did she remember you? She must have remembered me, Tony. Well, you don't forget an incident like that, Marky. Yeah, yeah. No, you got to remember. I mean, these these sets, they're, you know, the real deal. It took them an hour and a half just to put the books back on the bookshelf after I tore that thing to the ground. Oh, you ruined the whole damn day for the poor girl. Well, no wonder you never got her number. Yeah, right, right. It could have been me instead of Timberlake, huh? I was just thinking that. One thing I will say, Summer Catch, fantastic movie, one of my favorite movies. Oh, phenomenal. I thought her and Freddie Prince Jr. might have really had a future. Could not agree more. Good looking guy also, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Funny, he plays for the Phillies at the end of that movie too. Really? Yeah. They could use him now. Yeah, they could. They could. Uh, I think Ken Griffey Jr. hit a home run off of him too. That was Griffey's first big cinematic adventure, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. On a scale of 1 to 10. Now, when you grade out a girl, most guys will put them on a scale of 1 to 10. It's a pretty normal thing to do. But you got to have two different scales. you got to have a celebrity scale, and you got to have your regular girl scale. Sure. Girls that aren't celebrities. Sure. And it's fair to everybody. On a celebrity scale, Jessica Biel, I'll put her at an 8. I like 8, too. I was going to go 8. I almost went 8.5. I was thinking between 8 and 9, but I, I would go 8. Yeah, I'm going 8. I wouldn't put her at that upper echelon of a, uh, I don't know, who's a, who's a top tier, top tier? Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer I love Aniston. A, I love a Jessica Alba, call me crazy. Jessica Alba's a, a, one Beautiful. of the all-timers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Avita Guerra? Yeah. That's a 10 for me. For a She's lot of a people. Freak. For a lot of people. Um, but happy birthday, happy 34th to the gorgeous Jessica Beal. Happy birthday, honey. Best of luck to her, Justin, and their, their, their son, Silas Randall. God bless all three of them. Man, that's an interesting name for a kid, Silas Randall. Those celebrities really get away with naming their kids anything. Yeah, they, uh, they set an odd standard with naming kids there. She's 5'7", too. Taller than I thought. Yeah. Eh, about right where I thought. Yeah, about yeah. They're usually taller out there. Yeah. Hey, God bless Jessica Biel. Happy thirty fourth. Best of luck, and we hope to see you soon. All right, folks. I really appreciate you tuning in for episode one point five of On the Mark. Look forward to having you back for episode two. We got a few a uh, few big time guests coming up. Uh, Peyton, I'm so sorry. We cannot get to Peyton Manning today. We ran out of time. We hate to do that to him. But uh, that's just how show business goes sometimes. And you got to roll with the punches. Really hoping that our agent on the mark and Tony Nicky's agent could get something worked out where uh, we could bring him on on a permanent basis. uh, Pay-as-you-go contract. And uh, we'll see where that leads. Unfortunately, we can't get rid of Tony. He's sleeping on my couch in the basement, and uh, he's not going anywhere uh, anytime soon. His house has been reduced to nothing more but rubble and ash, and the man doesn't have more than $100 to his name. I think he had dinner at CVS last night. (laughs) I'm running up credit cards, Marky. I'm doing okay for myself. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. We're going to shut down the command center here at Skyfall Studios in South Philadelphia. We got a pretty good one shaping up out in Oakland 
with uh, Warriors 63, Thunder 61 at the half. So we're going to see how that game plays out. And uh, thanks again, folks. And all I can say now is good night, cruel world. I'm